You're listening to Parenting Our Future. I'm parenting expert, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in all different areas of your parenting so you can create strong connections with your kids, get all the cooperation you want, and live a life that is full of joy and connection. And by the way, the tools and solutions that you're looking for in your parenting don't just live in each episode of my show. They're also in my free membership site, The Parent Toolbox, where you can access tools created by myself and my brilliant guests that cover everything from helping your kids to sleep, managing meltdowns, reducing overwhelm to getting your kids to listen the first time and so much more. Join The Parent Toolbox so you can download and use the tools that are ready on the site and Each week, a brand new tool is added. And of course, the best part is it's absolutely free to join and to stay in. You can go to www.parent-toolbox.com today. Now let's dive into this next episode of Parenting Our Future. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. It's Robin McMahon here. Uh, I have the best guest, you guys, the best guest. If you have kids who are playing any kind of sport, you need to listen in. I have coach Steve Morris here and coach Steve is awesome. He encourages parents to enjoy their kids brief tenure window in youth sports while keeping their hopes and expectations in check. Out of millions of young kids who enter sports, roughly 17.7% of them will play high school sports fewer than 7% of those will play in college. And the number who go on to be professionals are infinitesimal. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about this. And really what we're here to talk about is what matters most. And that is that the most dynamic statistics is how many really create lifelong friendships with their teammates. So coach Steve, welcome. Thank you. This is great. Thanks for letting me uh, speak today. Yes, thank you. Well, and at the time that we're recording this, I know that um, kids right now, at least where I am, they are, they're trying out for rep and the elite teams right now, and then they're going to start to do house. Uh, So, you know, there's, there's lots going on right now. um, And I have been in it, my husband and I have been in it, you know, he's coached our kids, Uh, I've been a team manager, you know, we've done fundraising, I've done 5050, and you know, beer and burger nights and the whole thing. So we have lived it and we have loved it and I have seen this is why I want to talk to you so much because I have seen parents lose their cool lose their perspective all in the name of you know their kids furthering their kids right yeah yeah and so okay so I want to tell you something that we that that we were so lucky to be a part of. So uh, many years ago, uh, Chevrolet had safe and fun hockey. And so uh, my son, my oldest son was picked to do an on ice with Canadian Olympic hockey player, Cassie Campbell and Bobby Orr. So here's the coolest. Bobby Orr. Yes, Bobby Orr. So we met him and we got to spend time with him. Here's how they did it, though. It was so interesting Um, because parents get trapped and kind of lose perspective on what's happening in front of them. We get so excited. We see our kids maybe have some potential. We catapult ourselves into the future and think, well, maybe, you know, maybe my kid's going to, you know, going to go to the show. They're going to actually get picked to be a professional. So what they did is they had uh, a couple of on-ice sessions on the weekend, but Friday night, 
was for the parents. So they started with a parent meeting. So interesting. And Bobby Orr was there with Cassie Campbell and some other people. And he was the one that said, I know how much you want your kids to succeed in professional hockey, but you have a 0.00019 something, something, something chance of your child ever getting into professional hockey. And it was like, whoa, you know, and we, we, we sort of already knew that, but hearing it from him and hearing that, and by the way, he was sitting up uh, on the stage with pants, no socks and shoes, because he's known for not wearing socks in his skates, which was super cool to see. And, you know, he was so good. And he talked about, you know, when parents could ask him questions, he talked about how, you know, we need to bring fun back. Like, let's let the kids have fun first and talked about how there is no benefit to having, you know, 365 days of the year full of one sport. He said, no, they need to try other sports. They need to do other things. So we're going to sort of talk all about this. And by the way, you know, to illustrate that fact, one of the on-ice sessions had no pucks, no pucks, which was so interesting. He actually used a bunch of rubber chickens, which was really fun and really cute too. Yeah, but the kids must have loved it. They loved it. And so for my husband and I, my husband has, you know, was, was a coach at the time. And it really, it really gave us some perspective that we really took and we really kind of ran with for our philosophy, for our own kids. So um, we're here to talk about that. So tell me what your perspective is. Where do you come into this and and how, how have you started talking about this? We'll go back to Bobby Orr for a second. If if no less a Hall of Fame expert that Bob than Bobby Orr is is telling parents, relax, chill out. Your kids are not going to the show, so have a good time. You know what else do you need? And I guarantee you, though, that there are parents sitting in the room who his words are bouncing off them. You know, they're going, yeah, no, and he's saying that. He's saying that for everybody else. He's not saying that for me and my kid. You know, Bobby, that's okay. I, you know, I get it. Yeah, these other people should temper their expectations. But my kid's going. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that there were parents there who were, you know, oblivious to the, his message. There was no resonance with words he's saying. They're just in awe of his glow. And, um, you know, that's sort of it. Parents can hear these statistics. And I have conversations with parents all the time about just relax, have a good time, you know, enjoy these years. And they're, they're just going, yeah, yeah, you're so right. You're so right. And then the next question is, but, you know, should we have two or three private lessons a week? Right. It's, you know, there's, the, there's like a shield that, you know, is preventing people from actually hearing, you know, the, the, the words, hearing the lessons, you know, taking it to heart. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been my mission over the past couple of years to try and help parents through this, to kind of be a parent whisperer um, yeah. and, and get them through their own stress and anxiety, which they then, you know, lay on their kids um, who are the ones that are having to perform and, and live out these dreams. So, um, and, and look, I've seen it in the most awful ways to be really blunt you know, parents standing and, and I'll use hockey as the, my, my example, because it's really where I've spent the most time in my life. We've been to the soccer pitch. We've, you know, we've, we spent time uh, on baseball diamond, but 
hockey has left such an impression where, you know, they are banging on the, on the glass for their kids. I mean, how does that help? And by the way, let the coaches deal with it. You don't need to coach your kid from there, you know? And then there is after the game and you see those parents that are furious at their kids. And you know that that car ride home is going to be hell on earth. A horror show. Horror show. Yeah. Well, and And, that's where the most damage is done. Yeah. You know, the car ride. Because uh, emotions are still white hot. Yeah. Parents are, they're, they're... their adrenaline is still flowing. Their blood pressure is, is shooting out of their head. And, uh, you know, the kids are exhausted. Um, if, they're won, if they won the game, great. If they lost the game, then, then their emotions are also a jumble. And they get into the car. And the last thing they want to do is engage in any sort of conversation, um, critical or otherwise. They just want to crawl into their seat, um, maybe get something to eat. But even that, you know, they're just feeling terrible because they know kids don't have to be told that they lost or they played poorly or they had a terrible game or they missed a shot or they didn't execute. Kids know. Kids are smart. So the parent reinforcing that because the parent has to, you know, the parent has to unload. The parent has to, you know, let's let's unpack what just happened. And, you know, so the the car ride, you're confined in this space. You're in a seatbelt. You're hurtling <laughs> down the road at 60 miles an hour. And so the kid is trapped and the parent just feels this is the best place to have this conversation. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it does not go well. No. It does not go well in the best of times. Well, I think um, you're making it about them really about how they're feeling. Right. And I think it's more powerful to say, Hey buddy, what do you think? How, how did it go for you? Right. But so, don't do it then. Right. But don't do it then. We're done. They know. Yeah. They need to think about it. They need to decompress. So, okay. So, how do you balance that with the parents that you know and work with, between like not killing everybody's hope of you know because kids are dreaming of that, right? Kids for sure. You know, my son, he slept with his hockey helmet. He, you know, he wore his hockey gear all of the time. And of course, fast forward to today, and he doesn't play at all. But you know. Where do you draw the line between healthy dreams and goals and the reality that they're probably not going to make it there? I think you have to sort of, you know, you can't stop speaking to the parents. You can't stop. You have to keep talking to them um, and in hopes that, you know, some of it will, will kind of break through. A lot of it comes with time and, you know, it's tough in the moment. Um, you know, my three kids went through soccer and lacrosse and there was a little swimming thrown in for variety. <laughs> and, you know, my, my kids early on were, were pretty good soccer players. And of course you think, wow, well, maybe they can play in college. Um, and then the reality is, as they get a little older, their interests change. Um, their, their friend groups can change. School changes things. Puberty is, is sort of the great leveler. Yeah. You know, some little tiny kids are gonna become giants at puberty and some aren't gonna, you know, mature until high school or the end of high school. Um, so there's no way of knowing. So the, the one thing that it's, it is really difficult to have, which is so necessary, is perspective. Mm. Is know that this is just a, a moment, a chapter, any one game, any one moment, any one shot is not gonna impact the future happiness of your child. 
It's just not. But it's difficult to have perspective in the moment. And it's even harder if this is your first kid and your first time through this whole cycle. Yeah. Um, You know, it's a little better. Just like parenting, the second and third kids, they have it a little easier. Yeah. You know what? They and they also know how to figure out based on their watching their older ones get sl- their older siblings get slammed. But you know, the parents are 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 less crazy with their second and third kids. Yeah. Um, but for that first kid, it's just you have to take a deep breath. You have to breathe. You just have to breathe because there's sort of nothing you can do about it. Um, all the private lessons in the world all the, the competitive uh, clubs and teams that the kids play on, unless it comes from the kid, right. unless the motivation and the drive and the work is coming from the kid, it can't be imposed by you. Right. It can't come from outside. Yeah. It has to be the kid. I used to tell uh, a lot of my, I used to, you know, when we would sort of have our soccer meetings and tell the parents, you know, well, this is kind of the roadmap for your kid. Unless your kid comes home from school every day and first thing takes that soccer ball and goes out and is banging it against the garage, you know, working on his right foot, then working on his left foot, and then coming up and you hear as they're doing homework upstairs, the pounding because they're kicking the ball under the desk. Unless that kid is dribbling the ball up and down the hallway and then watching soccer in his every spare moment. All the times if you're saying, oh, you want to go outside and practice your juggling for a few minutes? All the times if you're saying that or forcing that even worse is meaningless. Yeah. It's not, nothing's going to happen. It has to come from the kid. Yeah. Um, there was a kid I knew who, who kind of languished on a, a 10 year old soccer all-star team. You know, the team wasn't that great. The kid wasn't that great. And then at 16, the kid turned into a giant, you know, suddenly he was six, five and chiseled and cut. And he said, I think maybe I can play this game. And then he put in the work. He put in the hours. He put in all the practice himself. And, you know, beyond training and beyond coaches and offseason, he did it all. And, you know, then he got himself into, he wasn't uh, um, chosen to play in college. He didn't have any sort of scholarship. He forced himself onto the team. And now he's playing in a a semi-pro league at, at 25 years old. But it all came from him. And yeah. it came from the growth spurt. It came yeah. from puberty that helped him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, are, there to me, there are just a couple ways of kids becoming professional athletes. One of them is sort of to the manner born. If your parents were both professional or super athletes, you've got a, a DNA leg up. It might yeah. happen for you. Or if at 14 or 15, when you're growing into your adult body, you suddenly feel this power and this drive, then you have a shot. But coming from the parent of an eight-year-old who was so excited to get his kid on, a, on a, an elite team and, uh, wow, my kid is now ahead, it's just not going to happen. It's uh, not going to happen. Yeah, it, it's so true. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen it. You know, uh, I was telling you earlier that, you know, my fir- one of my first experiences was uh, – you know, hockey one when your kids are five years old and, um, you know, there, then there comes spring and then summer hockey after the regular season, which starts in September and goes to March. And, uh, you know, one mom say, well, you can sure see a difference between the kids that play spring and summer hockey than the kids that don't as if that gave them some kind of advantage for the future. Right. And, you know, and at the same time, I, 
I have seen those kids that really care about their hockey. I have a neighbor um, and this boy, my son uh, played hockey with him and he was the kid that, you know, um, was doing pirouettes on the ice. Like he couldn't have cared less about the game. And then he changed puberty changed him. Yeah. Right. So I see him. Outside lit up. My, yeah. I see him outside my window with his rollerblades on and a parachute so that he can build his strength. Like this kid really is into it. Right. And whether or not he'll make it to the show, I, 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 who knows, oh, right? He'll learn a lot of other things. He'll learn about himself, you know, yeah. he'll learn about his work ethic and draw all of that, which is fabulous. But again, the the possibility, the people that make it to professional status, they're freaks of nature. Yeah, yeah, right? They're, you know, yeah. we don't realize it because, you know, we, we see so many of them come across our, our TV screens and um, you know, we just think, wow, you know, this guy plays for this school, this guy plays for this team, you know, my kid can do that. But these guys are the outliers. Yeah, they're, they're the one in a million I had in, at my summer camp. Um, I had a little girl who was six or seven years old, her, her mom worked at the school that we do camp. And so she became part of the camp. And she would just have a basketball in her hand all the times, at, at all times, she was just dribbling. And she was lights out at seven years old better than any kid, better than any of the counselors. And I, I said to her mom, you know, uh, I'd love to have tickets someday. And she's going, no, she just loves it. She's just playing. Well, you know, fast forward that, um, you know, she played for her high school, which then won state championship. She went to UCLA. Um, and now she, she is a professional um, in the WNBA with the Seattle Storm. And um, she's just... Um, it all came from her and her love. Mm. It, it came from just her heart and her determination. And none of it, the parents just laid back and just sort of, you know, would nurture it, maybe guide a little here and there, kind of, you know, but it was not, no pushing, no energy yeah. from the parents. It all came from the kid. But you could see this kid at six, seven, eight years old that there was something different. This was a different kid. And yeah. professional athletes are different beasts. I kind of like that you're saying they're freaks of nature because I think you're absolutely right. So, um, okay, so here, here's the thing. So, so to be clear, you can't buy your way into professional sports, right? In, in the, I saw an article one time that said, if you too have over $100,000, probably a million dollars now, you too can have a child in the NHL or the NBA or whatever. Um, and I don't think that's true. Uh, and then also, so, so there's that piece, you can't buy your way in and you can't bully and push and, and uh, run your own agenda for your kids. Because what will happen is they will, if they, first of all, if they don't have the talent that, that is setting them up for a lot of hurt. Uh, and also if they, um, if they, they get sick of you when they become teenagers and they can decide what they're going to do and not do, and they will reject you and the sport. So you've lost twice. Look, we, the way I, I like to put it is we have a, a 10 year window of yeah. experiencing, experiencing sports with our kids. And it's really a privilege for us to be part of their journey. We right. have to subordinate our own ego and realize that, no, no, they're the ones we had our time. We had our time. This yeah. is their time. And um, we can make that 10-year window uh, 
a time of family bonding and fun and joy, or we could turn it into a living hell. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of parents figure, well, you know, they're pushing and the kids need pushing and they need coaches that yell at them and this is good for them and that builds character. And so, you know, they, they don't understand that the kids are pulling back and the kids, well, I don't, do I have to go to practice tonight? And, you know, all those kind of signs that are saying, you know, this is a little too much for me. They just, Mm. parents ignore that figuring that, you know, the harder they push, the better it is for the kid. Well, it's just making life miserable at home. And it's a whole family thing. It's Uh, not just, let's just say dad and the kid or mom and the kid. It's just, you know, it permeates the entire family. Mm. Um, So, you know, misery expands exponentially within a family when things are going poorly with sports and the way your, you know, parents are kind of treating the experience. Well, you know, and, and I, I, it just, something just came to mind too, because most of our coaches, for the most part, are parents of a child on the team or a parent right. of a child on the team, right? And so I have seen, you know, you just said, well, it's good that they have a coach that yells at them. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. You know, um, I've seen coaches throw diapers at kids who are 10 and 11 years old. Um, I have, you know, I, I've heard of atrocious things. Uh, one coach that friends of mine had refused to talk to the parents. He absolutely would never speak to the parents. He wasn't a parent of of a kid, by the way. Um, And only would, would let his one assistant coach talk to the parents. It was ridiculous. Well, but I'm sure that coach also said, I'll only speak to the player. Maybe, you know, which, which, but which is one of the signals of a toxic coach trying to cut out the parents or isolate the kids from the parents. Um, but yeah, that's, that's craziness. Yeah. What um, is the toxic coach? Tell me about that. I think that is, we got to touch on that a little bit. You know, we like to think that um, our kids coaches are there to develop our kids are there for the benefit of our kids. And, you know, there is a distinction between, recreational volunteer coaches and travel, you know, club paid professional coaches where professional basically just means they're being paid. Um, Doesn't mean that they're non-biased, by the way. It doesn't mean they're non-biased. Doesn't mean they're good. Doesn't mean they know what they're doing, but they've finagled their way in and now they're, they're coaching. Um, So we like to think that coaches are there for our kids. And I'd say the majority of coaches are. Even the ones that aren't good, generally they're trying not to do any harm. Um, but yeah. there are coaches that have their own agenda or are there to further their own careers. And the kids are just fungible pieces. And um, if one kid doesn't work out, boom, you're gone. We've got another guy coming in at your place. But then there are some that even do more harm, that do psychological harm. I, look, we know the physical ones. We've seen all those horror stories and watched all those terrible trials and guys are, are not enough guys are sitting in jail right now because they have crossed the, you know, crossed the, the lines. Um, but there are people that are more insidious. Um, the, the example of I won't talk to the parents, I'll only talk to the player. Well, that's, you know, they'll pump up the player and try to separate them from the parents. I've seen coaches like that. I've seen coaches that just yell at the kids. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't really have a coaching point, but they're screaming at the kids kind of to hear themselves speak, to build up their own ego. I, I, I One of my daughter's coaches, when a, a kid, a player would sort of make a mistake on the field, would turn and scream at the bench. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, there are coaches that just rob joy from kids. One of my daughter's friends just heard that she had gotten into a great school. And so she was smiling at practice and the coach yelled at her for smiling. Oh, you know, these are, these are people that should not be coaching. They shouldn't be dealing with kids. Yeah. And you need, the parents need to have their antenna up. They need to be, you know, proactive. They need to be attentive just because their kid is going off to, uh, to play in a game or play it on a team. Doesn't mean it's a, a safe and, and healthy environment. So parents have to be a little proactive in figuring out what's right for their kids. Well, and the reality too of a coach, and look, I, I like thank you to all those coaches. Thank you to all those dads, those moms yes. that are doing all of this, right? Because it's hard work. It takes a lot. And you have to recognize that you need a certain set of skills because you're going to get all kinds of kids. You're going to get kids with mental health issues. You're going to get kids with ADHD. You're going to get kids that, you know, lack impulse control, don't really listen very well, all that kind of stuff too. And so I have a kid like that, right? My oldest is like that. And I remember, oh my gosh, much to my horror, my husband and my horror last game of the season playoff game, this one coach that he had and, and everybody said, well, he's a summer ball coach. So of course he's going to be harsh meaning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, you're making the woo face. Like, and I was doing, I'm like, so what? Like, and summer ball here means that that's the rep. That's the triple A or whatever. That's the higher level. If you get picked to play summer ball, you're really good. So this guy was a summer ball coach he was a jerk. And he didn't yeah. want to play my kid. My, my, you know, my son was struggling, no empathy, no compassion, no curiosity about him. And we're saying like, look, we're trying, we're trying to figure it out. You know, we know that he's hard, but we haven't, we're working with our doctors and psychologists. Like, we're not sure what's going on, blah, 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 blah. He wasn't being, at all. he was at the bottom of the batting order every time. And much to our horror. So the last game, Parker, in like, you know, he, the dugout was right where the stands were. He, he gets his bag, packs his stuff up, leaves in the middle of the game, walks in front of all of the stands and said, these coaches are trash. And then, <laughs> God bless them. That's great. Oh my God. Yeah, Parker. <laughs> Come on. All right. So maybe it was a little inappropriate, but what, what, tools does he have to express the abuse he's suffered throughout the summer you know he's got a limited toolbox there <laughs> so you know what it, look you know if we're gonna tell horror stories um my son evan who was sounds a little parkerish yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, was very talented but um you know impulsive yeah and um ended his club uh, soccer career at, in, with a 17-year-old team. Um, the last game, he's dribbling down the field. He's moments from unleashing what's going to be the winning goal. And, uh, I mean, he's got his leg cocked, and all of a sudden, the whistle blows. <gasps> game over. Oh. And both coaches were looking at their watches because it was early. It was about five minutes left in the game, and the refs just blew the whistle. And um, you know, so the whole field is silent and all of a sudden, you know, ringing across the field, they hear, F you ref, you <laughs> F and ref, what is that? And yeah. everybody's kind of looking around and I turn and to my horror, I see that it's Evan 
who's unleashing this tirade of F-bombs and it continues and he's screaming at the refs and he takes off his uniform and he throws his, his jersey and he's screaming at the refs and it's and I start screaming at him. Yeah. Shut up! Shut up! What are you just get off the field? And it just, you know, so that was a bit of a horror show. Yeah. But again, you know, these kids are, are so focused. They want this. They want to succeed in the moment, not necessarily in the future. The future is opaque. We don't know what's going to be there. But in yeah. the moment, they're invested. And um, so Parker walking off that way, dude, I get it. That's, <laughs> I think, you know, pat him on the back for me. Um, <laughs> I'll tell him. I think, I'll tell him. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You know, what else could he have done? Yeah, he could have slunk off without saying anything. And, you know, maybe that would have been a little better. Um, but God bless him. Yeah, it was. You know, it was a tough he had his moment. He had yeah. his moment. Yeah. And it was a tough, tough situation to parent through, too, because what do you do? Right. We, we were like, well, you're going to sit here and watch. We came to watch this game. You're going to sit here and watch. Right. We didn't know what else to do, to be honest. And, right. and it's not I, in the parent handbook. No, it was not in the parent handbook. And by the way, that does bring up something, you know, when you talk about yelling at the refs, the refs are kids too. Let's not forget the refs are kids too, for the most part, right? And we are really hurting those kids the way grown adults talk to these kids too. So we've got to also keep in check what we say. Well, you know, sorry. I mean, you know, down here, most of the refs are are older adults. But we we do have youth referees. Yeah, And in our AYSO, which is the Recreational Youth Soccer Organization, um, um, there is a, a policy of you cannot speak to youth referees. I mean, it's bad enough to criticize the adults. It's horrible. You should not do that. First of all, whatever you're going to scream, it's not going to change the call. It's not yeah. going to change anything um, except maybe turn the referee more against you. Uh, but, you know, screaming or talking to the kid referees who are there out of the goodness of their heart and probably know more about the game than you do because they've been playing it their whole lives right it's just it's forbidden there's no tolerance no um so lay off the referees lay off the officials you know a lot of them in their in the rec leagues they're all volunteers um it's when you get into the club and travel teams that you're now paying for officials uh but just it it doesn't do anything it doesn't make you feel any better no, and no amount of money is worth abuse. A- abuse by adults with for a child, you know. Uh, and so, you yeah, know, unconscionable. And people are good, but you can. I have seen grown men again in hockey. Grown men intimidate these young kids who are refs, who are you know a few years older than the kids on the ice. Um, and but they know the game. They They've know the, but I have the game. Seen, I have seen calls changed. You know, I have like, so it, it does, you know, uh, it, it can happen. Ugh. So, okay. So here's the thing. So we have, you know, this is what I've always said, you know, looking at this, uh, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, we, we had a pretty good grasp of this, although we got caught up in stuff too, but you know, I would, I would always say sort of under my breath uh, in my head, sometimes out loud, you know, like that's great. Your kid is doing all that stuff, but I'll see you in, you know, 10, 20 years when your kid and my kid are playing in the same beer league together, you know, for fun. Right. Uh, No one's paying them to play. They have to pay to play. So, um, well, you hope, you hope that, 
you well, hope that they're going to be playing in 10 or 20 years. That's the good news. Yeah. A lot of these people won't be playing at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of the things you want uh, to at least uh, your kids to get out of youth sports is the desire to keep playing as adults in adult leagues um, at college intramurally um, after college, you know, recreationally. You want yeah. that. You know, that's a success story if your kid is still playing in 20, 25 years. Yeah. So what we really want to talk about is the good stuff, right? Like the, like sport, first and foremost, it's supposed to be fun, yeah. right? They, they make relationships. They learn life skills. Uh, and by the way, I love as a parent, all the people that we've gotten to meet and all of our friendships now are really from people that we've sat, you know, in a cold rink yeah. together with for, for a long, long time. So you know, let's, let's talk about why sport is so good for our kids. Um, well, I mean, you know, there's the obvious, it's fun. Yeah. You know, and it needs kids to love to have fun, you know, playing with a ball or playing with a puck or playing with a stick or a tennis racket. It's just fun. It's freeing. It's liberating, you know, just moving, getting going, getting blood flowing, being with others, laughing. Uh, arguing, figuring out how to resolve the argument. Yes. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a life experience and, and it's fun. You know, there are all the social and psychological and emotional aspects that make it so important for, so important for kids to develop um, mm. in healthy ways. This is how they, they figure things out through sports. You know, sports is the metaphor for life. The yeah. cliche maybe, but the metaphor for life. And the things that you may encounter later in business, you've already worked out on your all-star team as a 12-year-old, yeah. you know, and you might even know that person from your all-star team as a 12-year-old even better because the relationship, these might be the people that you're going to college with. Yeah. Um, you're going to their weddings, you know, you are going to be going to their kids' events, um, you know, so there's all that positive stuff that sports can 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 bring to our kids and us. As you said, your best friends were the ones you sat in the rank in the rink with. Literally. I coached all my kids, uh, all three of my kids, all star teams, and so developed a, a three sets of new best friends. You know, yeah. uh, and still to this day, years after my kids have aged out of of youth sports, uh, they're still the people that uh, I have the you know the most in common with the best time yeah. uh, being with. And, um, you know, these are my, it's difficult making new relationships as an adult, as a married, as a married adult, as a parent. Yeah, you know, it's true. Come from your kids' schools uh, or your sports teams. And sports is such an emotional um, experience. It's such a, um, you know, it, it's, it's euphoric. And so you know you're joined in that moment with these with these other parents, and that's bonding. Oh. And you'll always have that. Yeah, and there is something so exciting, you know, uh, that last game of a tournament, and your you know your kids yeah. win, and you know, I mean, like it's just it's so exciting. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up in a second, but I want to just cover what the great eight is. All Please right. tell me what the great eight is. This is from you. <laughs> so the great eight, uh, I wanted to, I, I deal with a lot of younger parents who are just coming in yeah. uh, to sports and, you know, there's, you know, people just figure I sign up my kid, I send them off, I, I pay my fee and well, I'm in. Well, it's a little yeah. more complicated than that, which they soon find out once they are in it. So I came up with, um, I don't know, sort of a checklist of qualities 
Um, adjectives and nouns, I tried to make them all adjectives or all nouns. The writer in me wanted to make it neat, but the parent in me realized it's probably gonna be a little messy. Um, <laughs> so sort of eight kind of qualities that I think are, are helpful for a parent to have uh, to be a good sports parent. So it's the, the great eight qualities. The first one I think I've mentioned is being proactive. You know, when you get in, you, you need to do your research, to research the programs, do your due diligence on where you're gonna be sending your kids um, you know, check out the programs, the coaches, the financials. What is this going to cost me? Yeah. You know, you want to kind of know up front how much money you're going to be shelling out because it will be a lot of money if you, you know, keep going through it. Um, so know what you're signing up for. That's number one is kind of uh, proactive. Number two is be patient because kids are going to have bad games. They're going to be on bad teams. They're going to have bad coaches. Um, in rec leagues, all of the, the bad coach stuff is temporary because in three months, the season's over. If you're in a club or travel or elite program, well, you might have to, you know, navigate that uh, a little more carefully. But um, be patient. If your team is not winning, you know, maybe the kids have to develop first. They have to learn how to win. They're not going to just win. So take a deep breath. You're not going to get instant results. Um, number three is be supportive. Be an advocate for your kid. Um, while also being mindful that this is his or her journey, not yours. <laughs> so just be supportive through all that. <clears throat> then you need to have some restraint or self-control. You know, you need to check your impulses to correct or criticize or engage in conversations after a game like, the, you know, we're speaking about the car ride. You know, just take a deep breath. Hold yourself back. Don't do it. Don't launch into it. You know, you'll, your kid will thank you. You'll be feeling much better later because a lot of these emotions just pass. You breathe. By, by the next day, you're kind of, well, what was I? Yeah, you missed the shot. Big deal. You know, so have restraint. Have self-control. Uh, the next one is to be respectful. You mm -hmm. need to have respect for the game, which means respecting the coaches, the officials, the effort that your kid and every other kid out there is putting in. It also means getting your kids to practices and games uh, at the appointed time, picking mm. them up at the appointed time. Absolutely. So, you know, having respect is, is really an important quality. Mm. Um, number six is to be clear-eyed, to be discerning, skeptical, because uh, you need to have a well-calibrated BS meter because you're going to be fed a lot of lines. You're going to be made a lot of promises. You're going to be told a lot of things how about you know, how great your kid is and what this program will be able to do for your kid. You know, have a healthy skepticism about that. Um, the next one, number seven, which is the most difficult um, and you probably only achieve um, with time is perspective. Yeah. So in the short term, try and set achievable goals and expectations for your kid. You know, let's watch them develop. You know, Rome was not built in a day. A kid's not going to become a superstar in one season. You know, your hope is that your kid will be better six months after he starts playing, six months after that be a little better. You've got to give it time. Also, this is youth sports. It's not professional sports. You know, that's where you're at. These are little kids running around, bouncing into each other, falling down, laughing, crying, the whole gamut. You know, just be able to understand that. And that this is not their life. This is just a chapter in their life and your life. So as I said a minute ago, the future is opaque. You cannot predict at eight 
what the kid's going to be like at 16 or 18 or 25. So, you know, take a breath, try and have perspective. And the last one, which I think is kind of the most important, um, I might have just said that about perspective, which is really important. <laughs> but in the moment, the most important is having a sense of humor about it all. Oh, good one. Yes. This is, this is fun. This is fun. This is funny. This is silly. Kids banging around, kids falling down, getting up, scoring goals, missing goals, um, picking flowers, getting mowed over. I mean, just know that this is a fun ride. Enjoy it. So have a sense of humor. And I think those really being proactive, patient, supportive, having restraint, being respectful, clear-eyed, having perspective and a sense of humor, those will go a long way to helping parents have an excellent experience with their kids. So those, those are my, those are the grade eight. That is awesome. And I think that should be like the code of conduct for every field, you know, arena, everything. Look, parents, this is what the, here's the grade eight. Don't forget about these and keep reminding yourself. And I yeah. think you're absolutely right. Sense of humor is, is so gotta have it. I mean, I remember seeing those kids at tryout and, you know, hockey one doing snow angels on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, at my, my, my baby, my baby, my 20, three-year-old baby's first soccer practice when he was five years old. He thought it was smart to get down into a fetal position. And then a couple of other kids followed him. And, you know, all of a sudden you've got kids kicking balls at the kids in the fetal position. Oh my gosh, I mean, that's awesome. you have to laugh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have so many stories. I feel like I want to tell you them all, but I will leave it because... Um, Another time. Another there, time. It, I mean, there's so much fun to be had. There are so many great connections to be had. Yeah. So, you know, focus on the fun and, you know, and broadening your kids' horizons. And the rest will take care of itself. Yes. If they're meant to be, it will happen for them. If they, if it's meant to be, it will happen. Right. And if they, like you said, if they are the ones that are driving the bus on their passion for it, then yeah. you go with it. If you are doing the convincing and every time there's a practice, you've got to drag them, you know, you've got to drag them to a game. Okay. There is your signal. Yeah. There's your sign to say, okay, you know what? This isn't right. And by the way, you, you know, have to listen, you need to listen to your kids. Can we have, can we have the grade eight plus one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's in all of them that, you know, it's that covers above the, the grade eight. That's up there. You got to <laughs> yeah. listen. You got to yeah. listen, less talk, listen. more listen. Yeah. And I think that comes with respect. You know, I think it's respect your kids and what they're saying, you know? Um, so, so with all of that, yes, it, it, listen to your kids, let your kids, you know, drive their ambition, you know, give them opportunities where you can. And, um, and just don't forget about fun. Just don't forget about yeah. fun and understand that, it's not the end all be all, right? It's just not the end all be all, right? Yeah. There's so much more to life than just this and, uh, and enjoy it while you can. Because, you know, somebody like me, I didn't, you know, my, my son had an accident on a trampoline and he obliterated his leg and Ooh. it's over for, for him, you know? And that's, that's sad, you yeah. know? Um, you look back. So you just never you know. Back. You yeah. look back and go, Ooh, did I ruin that moment? 
or mm-hmm. was I a little harsh there? Or could I have been a little, you know, gentler, a little more vulnerable here? And, you know, you second guess yourself, which you can't do anyway. But when it's over, it's over. When it's yeah. over, it's over. And, That's you know, right. it's really, if you have the memories and you have the friends um, who will keep churning up the memories, yeah. Um, you know, that, that's what you have. And hopefully you have a kid who had a great time and loved it. And maybe Parker will come back and, you know, play a different sport down the road when, you know, things change. Yeah. He's 16. Yeah. He's got a lot of years. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's what you just hope. And uh, that it's been a great experience, a peak experience. And that your kids, you and your kids have enjoyed it together. Yeah. Totally. Well, this is so helpful. And for anybody who's just entering into the sports arena with their kids, just please keep this in mind. If you're already in it, you know, and you're really passionate and you're feeling big feelings every time there's a game or a practice, check in with yourself. What is going on with you? I think that we need some (laughs) self-reflection. Maybe you need to, you know, talk it out with somebody too. And just say, you know what, I, I, I realize that this is coming from a place of my own stuff, you know, like I didn't realize how much I wanted my kid to succeed, succeed because I didn't, wasn't given the chance or whatever it is. Right. So we need to be self-reflective for sure. So uh, this has just been a wonderful conversation, coach Steve. Um, where can people find you? Um, I love your website. What's your website? Oh, uh, well, the, the book that I wrote was called, uh, what size balls do I need? Um, which is really a reflection of the questions that coaches ask as they move up through the ranks because equipment is different sized. Oh, of course. Um, (laughs) um, That's exactly what it is. So we have a website, um, www.whatsizeballs.com. You could find me on Instagram as Coach Steve LA. Um, There's tick. I have a TikTok um, with my evil, my evil alter ego, Dick Punch who uh, dispenses all sorts of horrible sports advice. Oh, I love um, it. So uh, real dick punch on TikTok. Yeah. Um, and um, anybody that wants to get in touch, there's, uh, you know, you can give them emails. and uh, yeah, it's, yeah, we've got it all in the show notes already. So you'll find all of Coach Steve's information. And one last thought is, you know, for, for everybody listening, you know, share some of Coach Steve's videos and stuff with your association, with, you know, with the parents on the team as well, because it is important that we all get on the same page, right? And we sort of, you know, take the pressure off ourselves too. It, it's okay to just enjoy the game. It's okay. Got to enjoy the game. Yeah. Got to enjoy so, the game. It I is a game. A game is meant game. to be played and play is fun. So, you know, it all come, comes back around. It totally does. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. And I know the listeners will love this. Um, I just think it's invaluable. So thank you so much. Thanks, Robin. This was fun. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.